Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, it is Scott. How are we doing, buddy? It's football season. I know. I know. <laughs> By the time this comes out, week one will have come and gone besides Monday Night Football. And sure, it'll be, hopefully, it'll be a great week. We can celebrate wins by both the Browns and the Patriots. Yep, but, go Browns, go New England. Go Broncos. But until then, yeah. Those guys, too. But until then, I will be having espresso, and we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. Guys, we are talking about the fallout from the phenomenal, probably pay-per-view of the year. You know, AEW's all out. We have the last episode of NXT to talk about before the rebrand. It's true. Um, actually, one quick bit of news. We didn't really have anything, but PWI did drop their list of top 500 stars. We won't go too crazy into it, but it's interesting how with a company like AEW so dominant, I think half of the list is WWE talent on the top 10. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, I did order that magazine, so I'm excited to see when that comes in um, to see if there's anybody that I know. In that top 500. <laughs> like Davian or somebody like that? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to subscribe to PWI since, I don't know, we've been soaking our heads in a lot of wrestling recently because what else do we do, Scott? Besides that. And hangovers. And <laughs> existential crisis. Uh, that being said, Scott, why don't you kick us off on the Tuesday, which is the last episode of the Black and Gold brand. I know. To... I know. And he's about to come very become very colorful um they uh, also uh, a quick a uh, quick note <laughs> nxt branding this as their version 2.0 and the internet was quick to let them know that 2.0 is currently in AEW. so if you want to be technical about this this is technically version 3.0 because the game show version of nxt was really the first incarnation of this so i'm hopefully optimistic about what this is going to turn into 
Um, if you've seen the commercials or little promo videos that they've put together for these, it looks like they're getting a new, a new everything. Um, more fans in the stands, a new ramp, and you know, obviously the ring looking different. So it should be interesting. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to Tuesday to see how much this has truly changed. But until then, let's talk last week's show. Kicking off with a real good match between Kaylee Ray and Ember Moon. With Kaylee Ray getting the victory, causing Ember to possibly have to rethink how she does things. They interviewed her a little after the match. And Ember's like, I, I've I've lost everything the last few months. She's lost, you know, uh, the tag championships. She lost her tag team partner, and uh, she she hasn't won a match since that's happened. And and Ember at this point is thinking that things things gonna have to change. So I'm very interested to see what happens. Um, obviously, this doesn't feel like a I'm leaving the show type thing. It's maybe we're getting a brand new Ember. Ember Moon, a whole new look. Try to match with what's going on with the whole brand. So we'll see. But I love this match. Both women, obviously, very, very good in the ring. And I look forward to see um, how high Kaylee Ray can go and to see what will happen with Ember. After that, we had a classic, which I feel like... We're going to see this a lot more often in the future uh, with Santos Escobar taking on and defeating Carmelo Hayes, but obviously not without help from Legado de Fantasma, especially Electra Lopez, really making her mark since she's come on and joined this crew. I very much look forward to this. Um, I have a feeling that Carmelo is, is going to go for the North American championship when he cashes in his contract that he won by winning the breakout tournament. Um, I feel like all three with um, adding in the champion Swerve Scott, these three can have a beautiful triple threat feud for quite a while. And I'm going to thoroughly enjoy watching it because all three of these gentlemen even with Santos being the, the elder of the three, these guys can lead this division into, you know, for years to come. After that, we got an introduction. Uh, we saw them last week, but the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius, having their first official match as members of the Diamond Mine, and they absolutely destroyed Chucky Viola and Paxton Averill. It was it was the type of domination that it's it's you kind of expect when you have two brand new beasts pretty much just walk into you know the room. <laughs> um it's nice to see Diamond Mind is is still together even after the releases that went through but I think they're in good hands. Now they have a solid tag team. And obviously with Roddy going after, he also is in the mix when it comes to that North American championship. So who, who, who honestly knows what's going on? 
I feel like they could probably add one more singles wrestler. Maybe eventually a woman. We can have ourselves some real, you know, faction warfares here. Stuff that, you know, Sam, you, you know how much I love my tournaments and how much I love my <laughs> my battle royals. You know, faction warfare obviously is right up there as well. So clearly, up there, Scott. I want this to happen. <laughs> how bad do you want to happen, Scott? So bad, Sam. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> we then finally had our match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. I feel like EO and Zoe have been champions forever, but have never re- defended their titles. <laughs> um, they took on and they did defeat Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter in a fantastic match. Um, I, I, I truly felt at multiple times that Casey and Caden were going to take this match. Um, they're obviously the more developed team and they've kind of shied away from what's been going on with EO and Zoe. So I was led to believe that the established team would take this match, even though, you know, EO and, and Zoe are kind of the bigger names, but that wasn't the case. Okay, that's fine. But I kind of feel at this point, like, what's what's next for Casey and Caden? Do they just go back to the drawing board, try to work them, themselves back up to another shot? Who knows? A lot of change in the air. So I just, I, I hope for the best here. However, after this match, we get our, our next, I would say, challengers feel like you know that super smash brothers new challenger approaching <laughs> starts to flash um mandy rose fresh with a new uh face mask uh with Gigi dolan and jc jane come out and, and they attack the champs leave them land so obviously they're next in line or at least they're making their names known and it also surprises me what's going on with with mandy uh, after taking that drop kick from Sh- from Shirai, and obviously now her face has been disfigured, which is sad. A lot of people saying that this is like an ode to like Trish, which I can see. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. I like the fact too that they're immediately going after the champs. And Sam and I are both in agreement that that Gigi looks like she could be. A real top player real soon. I think so. I think that's... A, it's hard to see her and not think that. Agreed. Agreed. We then got another debut. Uh, Mei Ying, who has been with Tai Sha since obviously, obviously the beginning, but she's never been in the ring. Uh, taking on and defeating Virginia Ferry in very quick, very quick match. Uh, Boa was still there, but still we have yet to see... Zaylee. So that question continues of where she's gone ever since she lost to Raquel. But Ming looks like she can uh, she can go. Yeah, the reason we haven't seen Zaylee is because she needed to be punished for her sins. And the only way they do that is by violence. <laughs> That's a different show, Sam. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> the wrong forbidden door. That's a no. No. <laughs> Don't do it, Sam. Slap. No. Bad Sam. <laughs> WWE doesn't have forbidden doors. All the doors are just locked. What are you talking about? That's that's called Survivor Series. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
But our main event, um, which was another fantastic match, MSK versus Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Oni and Danny never technically lost the titles. Uh, Danny ended up getting hurt, so they were unfortunately stripped of the titles. So this, I looked forward to. Match delivered. MSK does retain. But then... A shock. Yes, to the system. <laughs> but it doesn't have anything to do with Undisputed Era. After this match, I noticed something seemed a little off with Pete and Ridge Holland, which, you know, under normal circumstances, you'd think, oh, okay, well, they're, they're just them, so they're already off. But they had a look at one another while Danny and Oni were, were still recovering from, from the loss. And then out of nowhere, they both attacked Danny and Oni, taking them out completely. So I guess the, the baddest men in NXT has now shrunk to two. Of course, with all this change going on, what does that mean for Danny Burch and Oni Lorgan? Obviously, they're both elder Scotsmen when it comes to, you know, the NXT side of things. So does that mean they're going to the main roster? Does that mean that they're, who knows? It's a lot of questions with this show ending and with all the, the change that's in the air. Um, so part of me is a little concerned for them, but I'm very, very interested to see what's going to happen now with Pete and Ridge going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now we're looking at the change happening as of, well, Tuesday. Yep. Um, so it's it's interesting. You bring this up. We're talking about all of this. And I, I did remember this morning, Davey Boy Smith Jr. did resign. And we still haven't really seen him. He's been on a dark match for SmackDown. Correct. I'm really curious what happens on Tuesday and how it affects everyone else, all these other shows. Agreed. Because they, they're talking about how it's going to be for more of the younger developmental talent, like it was intended to be. Right. Um, but they've been working with the same talent for a while now. A lot of them are pretty much developed a lot of, you know, in order for you need to almost wipe the most of the roster out, honestly, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, you, we're talking like almost Johnny and Candace, Tommaso Ciampa, um, Dexter, Dexter, um, EO Thatcher as well. EO Zep. They're not. Yeah. I mean, these are established talent. These are not people that need to be developed. Like they, they are ready to go. And if they're truly going to go full development, it's like, where do these wrestlers go? Do they go to the main roster? Do they get released? Like what happens? It's, it's a very interesting time, especially with other shows starting to really bolster their rosters and are making headway. It's yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting time to be a fan uh, of WWE and of wrestling in general. Mm-hmm. Well, let's 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 hop over to Wednesday because Wednesday we have probably, like I said, uh, we watched what is potentially one of the best pay per views of the year, if not all time. That is something that could be argued. Um, I would say it's probably the best pay per view AEW has ever had. I, yeah, I, I will definitely agree. And uh, if you haven't 
go back and listen to our post show, even the pre-show. And if you get a chance to watch the pay-per-view, I recommend doing it. I believe they, they topped 200,000 buys. Mm-hmm. They went, they, they got a lot, they got a lot out of this pay-per-view and I, let's, let's just get into it because we, we, I can't believe that only happened last week. I know. <laughs> Jeez, I'm on vacation. It feels like vacation flew by, but then I think about this. I'm like, this feels like a year ago already. Mm. So we kicked off the night. Dustin Rhodes returning to the ring to take on Malachi Black to kick off the show. This was a nice hard-hitting bout. Obviously, Black getting the win. Um, This was fun. This was good. I thought this was for what Dustin puts on. Um. I don't know. This was a good start. This was a good heavy hitter match. Again, they they kind of kicked the crap out of each other a bit. Well, there were moments that were a little little sloppy, but it wasn't anything that was, I think, horrible. But it was fun. It was fun. This was something definitely a good way to kick it off. Um, following that, I mean, you gotta keep in mind we also had like I don't know, like CM Punk come back. Yeah. Um, there were a few surprises during All Out, you know. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of things. So CM Punk came and talked about his in-ring return. Um, Excalibur, and keep this in mind, um, Excalibur was not there because I guess he was getting married this week. Correct. Weekend. Um, so Taz came in, was commentating, and it sounds like we might be getting CM Punk taking on a member of Team Taz soon. Could be the whole the whole squad at some point. The way they were talking during this this whole yeah. thing, and Taz get getting hot. <laughs> I don't know if it was a timing thing. It did seem a little weird the way it was laid out, with Taz like give me a microphone, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, this almost sounds like the. the I don't want sloppy's not the word. It just sounded a little off. Like a shoot. <laughs> yeah, where Jr. is kind of like, uh, yeah, get him, get him a mic. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of like, that's. But you know, what? it was good. It was a good bout. I love how. Taz can talk all the shit in the world. CM Punk, he's just over. He might be the most over person in the industry right now. And I know that's everyone's like, well, you know, he's doesn't have a why? Because it's CM Punk. You know, you're talking about somebody who was never going to come back in the ring again. Right. Yeah. I mean, we want to talk about the Monday Night Wars. Let's talk about um, Hulk Hogan, who pretty much stepped away from wrestling going to TV. There was a fly in my espresso. And, you know, WCW signs him. And he gets all new life. Yep. And just all new passion because now he can go and do other things. You get to have the match against Flair that was always wanted. You know, you got got the NWO and whatnot. But I feel like CM Punk has the same kind of momentum right now in a sense that, okay, he's back and he looks decent in the ring. And he's – I mean, when wasn't he good on the mic? Right. He might be better on the mic than um, in the ring. He's a great wrestler, awesome wrestler. But his mic work, I – he he he's passionate when he talks. Yeah, there's there's certain like, well at least I like to put him in like certain tiers of how well you can talk. Like, you could put him, MJF, and Jericho in the same upper echelon of talkers on the mic. It, it it's one of those things that you'll never get bored listening to CM Punk talk about whatever's going on, ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Um, so following that, we actually had Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Dante Martin. Man, they're really pushing him. I'm so glad he's love it. Love Dante. He was good. This was a good fun match. Obviously, uh Hobbs got the got the W. But 
Dante, again, I think Dante's starting to becoming, to me, he's starting to be one of those AEW star. Like, like when we talk about, you know, you got like obviously Christian and, you know, the elite and, you know, people who are kind of already established. You know, Dante Martin for me is starting to get up there with like Jungle Boy and MJF and, you know, people who are really making a name for themselves in this company. Right. Yeah. Um, following that, we got to hear from the man himself, MJF. Another man who's heated, heated fucking promo. Oh, man, like, you want to hate him like he's a son of a bitch. But at the same time, you can't help but go, dude, he know He got Brian Pillman's junior to go into la- – sister to go into labor. Right? That was absolutely insane hearing that story. When you sent that to me, I'm like, yeah, this is a wild kayfabe article. And I'm like, oh, Nope. That really happened. <laughs> yep. So now, you know, obviously MJF, I, I don't, okay, I don't have to say anything about this guy. You just give him the mic, it's gold. Yep. He shits gold. Um, But then Brian Pillman Jr. came out, and Brian Pillman, you could really feel like he's ready to start making his ascent. Especially, uh, you know, he comes out. Also, little nod to the whole Wardlow comment. MJF call him out and then like Wardlow taking a sweet ass time to go help him. Yep. <sighs> yeah, we um you want to talk it about an awesome slow build up. Yeah. This tension between MJF and Wardlow. Yeah, it's been building for quite some time and I feel like it's not the right time yet, but once that happens, Wardlow could become one of the top faces in this company. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but MJF, you got to go watch that promo. He even makes a comment about the one thing your mother didn't do right was swallow. And that was it. Him and Wardlow end up taking out both him and Griff Garrison. Oh, I want this. And I think we're getting, is it next week? This week we're getting it? I believe so. <sighs> Man. Brian Pillman needs to make his, start making his way up. Yep. Following that, we had the AEW Dynamite debut of Ruby Soho and Jamie Hayter. Talk about fire all night. Just fire. Because there was the interview with Britt Baker with, you know, Shivani and Jamie Hayter's there and whatnot. Where Britt's like, you should go back to catering where you've been for the past four years. I thought Ruby was going to wreck her shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, You know, not to knock anybody who debuted or has joined the company. But for some reason, Ruby Soho for me seems to be the dark horse of yes. I know everyone likes her already and whatnot, but there was something about her signing that seemed really special compared to Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Um, even Minoru Suzuki, we'll get into that one in a minute. Not that it's a signing, but I mean, he's, he's back this week too. Right. It's just, she adds instant credibility to their women's division that has been on the rise for the last few months. And uh, she's a real danger to take that title from Britt Baker. Like, not even just, like, you know, wrestling storyline-wise. Like, she could run that women's division. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think we'll get um, – I think that title match will be something to be remembered. Yeah, I agree. And again, another hint, don't forget – she was in the ring with Thunder Rosa at the end of that Battle Royale. Exactly. Which itself could have been a great match. Yeah. I have a feeling that Thunder will try to put her put her nose in that business 
before too long. Um, because I believe she even had her own little vignette tonight talking about, yeah, she, she may have lost that match, but this isn't over, you know, she'll keep going until she gets what she, what she wants. So I'm like, all right, just, if we're going to push this out to full gear, then maybe this is a good time for Thunder Rose, excuse me, to get involved and go right after her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be quite the pay-per-view match. Mm-hmm. Following that, we had a six-man tag match. Uh, Dark Order taking on the Pinnacle, FTR, and Sean Spears taking on, you know, even Luno, John Silver, and Stu Grayson. This was good. This was decent. Um, the Pinnacle getting the win over the Dark Order. But what was most important about this was the blow-up between John Silver, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno. With the girls, TJ, at the top, watching from afar, watching them get all frantic and just... It's upsetting. However, I don't think the Dark Order is over, Scott. No, no. I was um, reading something. <laughs> and I don't know if that's what you were about to go to. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, you, you, can, you can say it. <laughs> so we have uh, the Rochester, New York show, which comes up on September 29th, the week after the, Ashe Stadium, the Arthur Ashe Stadium show. This was originally supposed to be the show where Brody Lee debuted. There's rumors that a certain somebody is showing up on the 29th of September in Rochester, New York. It looks like they need unity once again. Mm. The Dark Order needs unity. They need to be brought together. And who would be better to do so than, I don't know, a Brody Lee's former leader? Mm. Might know him as a Wyndham, for those of you who have been paying attention, and for those of you who do not, you know, we might be seeing the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt, making his AEW debut. Now, the self-destruction of Dark Order has probably been some of the best stuff on Dark and Dark Elevation that has not been on television. Um, also the beautiful feud between Big Swole and, um, Diamante, but I'm glad that they finally started bringing the Dark Order stuff to television because it needs to be seen. There's a clear split in the, in the faction. It's three on each side. Alex Reynolds has just disappeared off the face of the planet, so he's no longer even there, um, and people were joking about how this is Dark Order and Dark Order Wolfpack, like the whole like the NWO split, and um, I, it's it's highly entertaining, uh, but it's also heartbreaking at the same time because I love these group these these guys as a group. Um, obviously, Hangman taking some time off for himself that I'm sure added to the the fuel to the fire as well. But if you want to bring somebody back and you know, a way to actually turn this faction to being the heels that they were supposed to be. It's Wyndham. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go a step further. Because Hangman Page, Adam Page, you know, he had uh, his first child with his wife. Rode off into the sunset on good terms. Imagine if he comes back. And they want to accept him. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. But Wyndham feels threatened by Mm. Adam Page. Imagine Hangman Adam Page taking on Wyndham. 
fantasy booking time, folks. <laughs> I'm getting hot thinking about it, Scott. Woo! I know we could talk about this all day. Like you said, Dark Order has been not just even on like Dark. You know, the Dark Order has been incredible on um even on being the elite. You know, even when they would bring the small stuff, like when John, so especially John Silver. You know, every time you know when he was healing from his arm, he'd be like, "Okay, guys, stretch." Ah, ah, my arm got this high. Everyone's incredible however let's move forward because i think you guys are ready for story time with adam cole baby this i think like i said i think ruby soho is probably the most important pick pick out of the who they've gotten recently but adam cole's in you know being brought into the fold is probably my favorite only because he's like the lost brother, you know? Right, yeah. And not just he was the lost brother. He was the face of the other brand. It's true. And now he's here, and it's just... There were very few things I think I've seen during AEW's time where it feels like... And again, I, the we can only compare it to the Money at Wars because that's the only thing that we really have to compare it to because of that past 20 years, we haven't had this. Right. But I'm like, this feels like Adam Cole coming over here really feels like a w, you know, Monday Night War moment. Yeah, well, definitely a shift in <laughs> a shift in the landscape of professional wrestling. But it really honestly has been. It's like like you like you said, he was the face of NXT and now he's in the elite. I still and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to this as long as I possibly can. Those of you who watched Being the Elite, Adam Cole was effectively killed off before he signed with WWE on Being the Elite. And when he came back at All Out, he even mouthed, "I remember what you did to me." Then he super kicks Jungle Boy. I have a feeling. And I'm not alone in this. I know I've seen a lot of people on the internet have this same feeling. Adam Cole is with the elite until he can destroy the elite from within. I mean, he did to the Undisputed Era. I, that's, that's very true. And he led that group. Yes, that's very true. Even though they all said that there were no leaders. No, 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 no. We all know Adam Cole Bebe was definitely the leader of the Undisputed Era. Yeah, but this promo, because we got Adam Cole talking a little bit. He also got into... Tony Schiavone's face with Brit, and I'm like, wow, you're making that real. You're I love it. it. So I love it so much. And the thing is, Adam Cole's delivery, I think that's what I love because he just said, because most people, would, you, you get the smirk out of him. Yeah. Adam Cole's just like dead face. Like, don't fuck with my woman. Yep. Just that look. Yep. Um, but Kenny Omega's talking. And he said he hates, if there's anything he hates more than anything in the world is interruptions. To behold, we received an interruption from Brian Danielson. And there is something about this. He is the, what's crazy is he's kind of like, this is, if, I guess it's almost like Adam Cole, okay? Adam Cole was a big name in the independent scene in New Japan, in Ring of Honor. Then he went to WWE, and he got even bigger. Then he, I will, I will even argue AEW is still technically part of the independent scene because, yeah, they're their own conglomerate, 
you can go still wrestle in the indies while you work for AEW as long as you're not on a television, which is changing with Impact and NWA and New Japan. Right. The landscape's changing. Same thing, you know, Brian Daniel- Danielson feels so big. He feels big. Like, the fact that he kind of cut to the chase. I know people are like, oh, we need a slow build. We need a slow build. I'm like, this is what I think people need to remember, which was the original thought that Brian Danielson was going to leave WWE. He said he wants to be able to work with people. First company he mentioned was New Japan. Yep. He wants to be able to go to other companies. So you get the Kenny and Daniel Brian, uh, Brian Danielson feud out of the way. It's not over. Nope. He has a lot of other... He wants to wrestle off the Tokyo Dome. Scott, think about I know. him taking on Okada. Uh. Him taking on Kota Ibushi. Him taking on Minoru Suzuki or Will Ospreay. Oh, God. We could do this game all day. But I, th- I think people got to keep in mind, yes, he probably's going to get a title shot. And he'll probably lose. But you know what? I think he's going to start. He's going to be a trailblazer in going through the ropes and traveling all over the world. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, he got jumped and then Jurassic Express, Christian Cage and Frankie Gazarian came in, um, helped him out. Adam Cole's wrestling this week, guys. First AEW match against the elite killer Frankie Kazarian. I'm excited for this match. Mm. I'm super excited. I don't know. This either has to be the main event or the opening bout. Yes, yes. I think this would actually. I think this would be a great opener. Mm-hmm. But it will also wouldn't surprise, like you said, it will also would not surprise me at all if this was the main event. Yeah, and I think this uh, an opener. It would be good because it would be able to, you know, imagine all those people coming at eight o'clock to right. watch. That. So, one match that I was really looking forward to, which now I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this should have been a pay per view match. John Moxley taking on Minoru Suzuki. Mm. This I know some people were kind of like, oh, this is all right. He didn't get a lot of time. But I think we got a good feel for what these two can do in the ring. Minoru Suzuki is one of my favorite uh, talents over in New Japan. And right now, from my understanding, after he lost against Moxley, he's made a pact with Lance Archer. Yes. You know, because I think Lance at one point was part of his um, his faction Suzuki Goon. Yep. So. And the fact that the name dropped that on television. That was mm -hmm. another big thing. But also, I thought this was going to be a one and done deal. And it's not, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys do not watch New Japan, you guys need to sink your teeth into it because it's like. There's something about New Japan Pro Wrestling which is just above all else. I mean, I'm borderline an AEW guy, but if I was to pick one company I think is my favorite, it is New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can fight me on that one. I don't know. But I also think we're still going to get, let's say, full gear. Tanahashi taking on Moxley. Oh, God. That needs to happen. Mox has been after him forever. This match needs to happen. Guys, educate yourself. As 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 the college kids would say, stay informed. Stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> stay wrestling woke, guys. That's right. 
So the, the fallout was great. And I just, what's crazy about, and I, I know you are on the same boat with me, Scott, watching Dynamite after watching All Out, nothing ended here. No. We're on, we're, this is you climbing the foothills in the Himalayas and going, I've reached the top. And then you turn around and Mount Everest is behind you. Yeah. We're going up. Speaking of speaking of speaking of going up, their ratings this week, one point three. Huge. Huge. Huge guy. Huge. Yeah. And I don't think they're I I think with all this other you know, with everything going on. Um I don't think it's gonna stop. I think if they save one million, I think they're good. Especially they beat what was it? They beat Raw in the demographic. They did. Which I know a lot of people go, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm like, guys, this is, yeah, they're not head to head. And I think it's smart they don't go head to head. Right. And plus, now with the NFL season coming back, Raw is going to be taking even more of a hit with Monday Night Football coming. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I think, like I said, got to gotta keep it on the data, keep it growing. Jeez, I'm going to sound like I'm uh, at work now. But right. let's talk about the other brand that, uh, Unfortunately, we didn't get to watch past couple weeks. Been busy. Uh, Impact. Impact. Um, yeah, we're getting ready for Bound for Glory soon, I believe. I think in a month. Uh, kicking it off, Chris Saban taking on Sammy Callahan with Saban uh, winning over Callahan. Deanna Perrazzo interrupts Mickey James. I'm really just reading this off of an article right now. Um, am I looking at the right one? Hold a second. What was this week? I'll make sure I'm looking at the right date. August 26th. No. Uh, nope, September 9th. I was like, this looks kind of familiar. <laughs> there we go. Um, Kicking off the show is Rosemary taking on Tasha Steele with Rosemary defeating Tasha. Uh, there was a bunkhouse match. Rich Swan taking on Carl Anderson with Anderson defeating Swan. Chris Bay taking on Dave Finley with Finn defeating Chris Bay. Um... I saw somewhere. I think the Gorillas of Destiny's younger brother appeared. Huculio appeared on Impact. Interesting. Um, afterwards, um, Steve Macklin took on Petey Williams with Macklin getting the win. On uh, the main event, Moose taking on Eddie Edwards with Moose defeating Edwards. Can never get enough of the moose. Moose. <laughs> I was just about to do that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, finally, Scott, why don't you kick us off and tell us about uh, Friday. Good old Rampage. Good old Rampage. This was a good show. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this show. We kicked off with the match that, unfortunately, due to travel restrictions, could not happen at all out. Pac taking on Andrade Alidolo. And I'm telling you, this was a pay-per-view match that they gave to us live on free television. It was fantastic. Of course, people finally got to see, who, who obviously didn't watch AAA beforehand, how good Andrade was in the ring during this match. 
Uh, I remember scrolling through Twitter as I was tweeting the show. Uh, I saw multiple times people were like, I had no idea Andrade was this good. And I'm like, well, this is what happens when you, he's with a company that handcuffs him and doesn't allow him to do the crazy, ridiculous stuff that he's able to do. <laughs> he is wrestling royalty in Mexico. People got to remember that. <laughs> right? Exactly. The crazy thing about this is that I had this, I had this nagging feeling that this match was not going to end clean. And it didn't. Chavo getting involved using an iPad to uh, attack Pac, I think, as he had the Brutalizer on. Uh, Andrade, the ref obviously being distracted by um, the other gentleman that was there. Uh, I think Andrade's um, translator. And they got the win. Andrade gets the win. Rolls out of the ring, starts celebrating with everybody. And then he finds out what had happened because he didn't realize that Chavo had attacked Pac. When he finds out he attacked Chavo, lays him out. And then Chavo gets thrown in the ring and then Pac ends up having his field day with him. But in this happening, I feel like this opens the door for Ric Flair. So I feel like Rick is going to come up, going to show up on television, which I believe will be another huge get for AEW. And he will be Andrade's manager going forward. Unfortunately, that kind of leaves Chavo out in the wind, which is unfortunate because I love seeing Chavo on television again. So I don't know where that's going to go next, but having having Rick in the in the mix is just another way to try to entice Charlotte to show up. And I swear to God, if Charlotte shows up on AEW, that'll be a shock. Yeah. That'll be a shock. Like, especially because as we know, Ric Flair is not a WWE guy. I will say this. He, he didn't start his career in WWE. He's in the NWA. He was all over the place. You know, he was the champion, you know, WCW, but Charlotte is a WWE born and bred talent. So that's that one would shock me. Yeah, that would be huge. That would be huge. Uh, after that, we had a interview with Darby Allen and Sting, uh, thanks to Mr. Skiavone himself. <laughs> um, they were interrupted by Tully Blanchard. Uh, Tully just talking trash like he always does, talking about be getting in the ring with Sting, and and then. Um, they were also promoting uh, Sean Spears and Darby Allen. Spears came out of nowhere, taxed Darby. So getting that first shot in. So Darby Allen and Sean Spears, I feel like this is a huge potential match for Sean Spears. Like, I know he's been that dark horse. He's been there, you know, being, as Cody would say, a good hand. But he needs... He needs that boost. And if he can find a way, even if it's via shenanigans, to beat Darby Allen, I think that just throws him into the into the stratosphere. We also then had some uh, vignettes from Adam Cole and Brian Danielson talking about their debuts. And uh, I really am looking forward to seeing what the two of these what, what the two of them have to have to do here. Um Cole, like I mentioned before, I think will be 
buddy buddy with the elite for now and then find a way to destroy them from within. Brian Danielson, I think, like you like you had mentioned, will eventually get himself a title shot. Whether he wins or not, who knows? But yeah, his he's he's not here to help the talent. He's here to kick their heads in. And I love that. The American Dragon is fully back and it's it's go time. <laughs> There, there was something magical about seeing him, seeing him on. Even go back to Dynamite, holding an AEW microphone. There was just something staring at. It. I was just like, "What am I watching? What is, what is going on?" Right? Crazy. <laughs> uh, we then had a women's trios match, as it was uh, AEW Women's Champion Britt Baker, Jamie Hader, and Rebel, not Reba, taking on Chris Statlander, Riho, and Ruby Soho. With, uh, I believe, Ruby getting that win. So they're keeping the momentum strong for Ruby Soho as uh, she continues on her way to challenge Britt Baker eventually for that women's title. I'm, I haven't been able to get Ranson's Ruby Soho out of my head since All Out. Like, I even went out and downloaded the song because it's just been, it's been ingrained in my head and I can't. I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> and I've always been a big fan of hers. So having her here in AEW is just another reason for me to watch this show. And then our main event. The acclaims Max Caster coming back from his uh, pay uh, suspension, I guess, after those unfortunate, tasteful, uh, un- <laughs> untasteful words he he had said, taking on the hometown boy Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, with Pillman getting the win. Um, after that, um, the clan jumped the ring, and then another Cincinnati zone. John Moxley comes out, saves Pillman takes care of the acclaimed and then the boys celebrate in the ring after the show, uh, as the show goes off the air. So pretty hot rampage started off super strong. I liked that. The fact that they had caster and Pillman as your main event and not Pac and Andrade. I, I would, I would put the argument and I think you'll know where I'm coming from. You know, when we talk about, um, a video I came across about how raw they used to have the main event at the beginning of the show. It's true. Especially when you deal with a Friday, it's already 10 o'clock. Right. So if you want your kid, if I'm trying to market towards the younger audience, not that I don't want to see caster take on Pillman, something like Pac and Andrade is what I'm going to, if I get an eight year old, a 10 year old or something like that. And I don't want, I'm big going to bed. You look at the card. You're like, that's the match I want them watching. Right. That may, that does make perfect sense. Um, and especially with SmackDown coming off, probably one of its best episodes, you want to have that momentum continuing to roll in wrestling when you throw on one of the hottest matches that Rampage has had. So it's it, it was, it's a smart decision. Um, but like you said, like sometimes they do throw the main events in the beginning of the show. This only being an hour-long show, like it feels weird watching this show sometimes. I feel like... Where's the second hour? Because we're so used to it now. We're so used to two-hour shows. Like it's, it seems like forever and a day ago that NXT used to be just a one-hour show. What I do love about this, the uh, the one-hour format, and I think I've said this before, they 
this feels it's like not long it's like long enough where you're like i'm excited for this this is exciting i can't believe like like this is so much fun i need more of it but it's just enough where you're not overwhelmed i feel like okay you already have the two hours on wednesday now you have an hour on friday it's a friday like we've had this discussion i'm a social butterfly i like to be out on a friday night um so if i had you know i sit home you know for two hours or maybe i'm just some people got wrestling fatigue so it's true I, I think this is perfect i think that the hour on friday it's kind of like i mean fuck you can be at, like we for example if we live close and we were hanging out we had a party it's like oh, guys um dynamite uh we gotta put this on for an hour and then we watch it and then we go back to what we were doing like that's a cool like it feels like it's part of your your weekend right you know um but a little weird but it's exciting and like i said we're still climbing this huge mountain huge huge mountain scott we have uh something special coming up this week um we are gonna have a very special episode of uh above the ring we have an interview with uh somebody i don't know if you want to say well you know we'll uh we might as well because we'll start promoting for it new england's I would arguably say best current female wrestler, Davian. Our first wrestling interview, and it was one hell of an interview. So we're looking forward to that coming out this week, and I hope you guys are too. It's going to be good. This is just the beginning. I feel like we've turned a corner, and now it's going to be, yeah. It's Strap we're, in, we're excited. We're gonna get we're gonna get giddy like Squirrel Girls for a minute. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of exciting. We know you know the the usuals are gonna like this. It's gonna helpfully not just expose um you know her to you guys and whatnot, but it should you know also maybe you, you guys I don't know the independents are growing, so this is a great way to kind of like get to know all this other talent, especially when they show up potentially you know on the PWI top lists. I said top list, not topless. I had to think about that. Like, that sounded weird. Well, guys, as always, thank you for listening. If you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. Uh, sorry, above the ring. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at above the ring. You can find myself as the SOB official in Scott as Scotty J stream. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's one you cannot find us on, please let us know. We will get ourselves on there on your streaming platform. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell what people why above the ring and ship it studios, a podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. All out fallout coming on new NXT next Tuesday. Guys, don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms.
Please subscribe and happy listening.